0: E3 2018 has been going loud for nearly a week now, and all of the conferences are finally done. What games rose to the top? back to the sprites and dice podcast where we talk about gaming news reviews opinions and thoughts all in 45 minutes or less i'm joined here by otto who holds a new title for us at sprites and dice news writer hey there if it's not obvious by this point this podcast will be dedicated to video games and that's explicitly why otto now has the new title e3 i taped his eyes open and forced him to watch every single live stream
1: I got Ludovico to it and just kind of pried my eyes wide open. I just stared at the uh, screen for about three days straight.
0: So partially because of that, um, as soon as we're going to wrap this up as quickly as possible, and then he's going to go pass out for two days after pretty much covering this and trying to put all of our thoughts, and I think we have a lot of thoughts, right? Uh, I would say a boatload. A boatload. Two, um, so the Sprite and nice cast, again, a lot of us have real jobs at other work and otherwise. A lot of us were kind of... Sneaking glances at our phones, or we kind of had it on in the background on YouTube, and we had a Facebook chat for just our group of friends yelling at each other as individual things were coming out, conferences, taking notes, trying to write these articles between regular events. And there's just a lot here to cover.
1: Yeah, I just yelled in caps lock through that group chat way too much. I think you did too. And the fact that I think Adam.
0: (laughs) adam actually was caps locking it sometimes which says a lot oh does he not get as excited i know you've met adam oh yeah (laughs) uh (laughs) he's not gonna like that (laughs) but um it's it's gonna be there's just there's a lot here and it kind of started off high octane and just kept going the whole time every time i thought that there was finally gonna be a lull there really wasn't and things just kept going quick so again 45 minutes for the sake of keeping things efficient and as quick as possible, we're going to go through the conferences in chronological order. We're not going to cover every single game because if you watched Microsoft, for example, we would spend the entire podcast just on one conference. Instead, we're going to talk about the games that really stood out to either myself or Otto, partially because those are game series that we already appreciate, or we knew the developer, or you know, it's something that grabbed our attention long enough for it to stand out after going through every single conference. At the end of going through each one of those, We'll take a moment, kind of talk about our favorite hits again, or kind of what was the theme of E3, or the theme for these individual developers that kind of had a lot to bring to the table.
1: With that in mind, three, two, one, go, EA. Well, EA's entire conference was about change, and their CEO actually came up on stage and said that explicitly. And I think it's one of our first real opportunities to kind of Look at what also might be the first time this company has really reflected on its own practices That being said, I'm a Battlefield fan have been since about three or bad company one and I've seen the series Transform from the the you know kind of over-the-top nature that was in bad company one to this you know, very realistic military-grade first-person shooter that now has loot boxes and premium editions and kind of, for me, it feels like they've been trying to nickel and dime everything they can out of me. But it seems like, like I said, they're reflecting and they want to change. This was a very public, like, mea culpa, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mea maxima culpa, you know? (laughs) They want to hammer in the point that Loot boxes are not really their shtick anymore, Uh, and they're they're sending that home with Battlefield, one of their highest series. They're just no more premium edition. That means no, you know, giant DLC passport. No loot boxes, which is why, I mean, Mm. why they are changing in the first place, you know. After the entire debacle they had with Battlefront 2, they realized that they needed change, and they are bringing it to the table. They showcased Battlefront 2 a little bit as well at this conference, right? They did, but like you said, mea culpa. Most of what they talked about with Battlefront 2 was saying, we are going to change. When we launched, we wanted to dive in, you know, head first. And now we have to step back and reevaluate themselves and they are, and hopefully that'll mean that Battlefront 2 will one day be a game that I would want to get. They want to tell the individual stories, especially of, well, not all white guys. Let's just be honest. Yeah. That's something that they started with Battlefield 1, which is set in World War One. They really wanted to tell the individual stories mm-hmm. of people during these global conflicts that involved everybody. You know, at the time that these conflicts were happening... Not a single person was excluded. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew what was happening. I mean, they were the world wars for a reason. Yes. You know? That being said, they're continuing that kind of war story format where they're bringing persons of interest this time. I believe that in Battlefield Five now, they are actually basing these war stories off of real people. Yes. So I'm very interested to see how they pull this off, but I'm even more interested to see how they pull off their multiplayer so really 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 excited for that tight shooter uh gameplay that i've come to expect from uh battlefield games especially in the world war ii setting i'm a history buff world war ii games are fantastic COD cod 5 is my favorite okay so this can't wait I think, I think that out of
0: their entire conferences is the game, is going to be remembered partially because of the blowback from fans and the conversation starting, but we'll cover that right at the end there. The, one of the last big ones I remember was Anthem, which again, looks really cool, but I'm not really jumping at the bit for. Like, it looks amazing,
1: but I would want to see more in depth before I really kind of jump on that horse. Oh, absolutely. There have been so many comparisons between that game and Destiny, and I got to say, after seeing gameplay, those comparisons aren't totally unwarranted. They're both sci-fi games where you're some where your character is in this giant mech suit. Well, in Destiny, it's not as much of a mech suit, but you're still in this big old plate of suited armor, and it has these RPG elements while still being a first-person mm-hmm. shooter. You know the damage counters that pop up every time you hit an enemy, enemies that are bullet sponges. You know stuff right. like that, and it's stuff that that like that. EA and I, I, who's developing Anthem again? Bioware and Bioware. Bioware. Forgot about that. Well, they have they have a lot to work towards after their yeah. uh, after their last game. So I think I know you want to get to a
0: very particular conference. So jumping f- over that one again, I think Battlefield Five is going to be like kind of the big clincher. Microsoft. This is when I had a chance to finally start really watching the conference in full, and Microsoft wanted to go with just hit you as fast as possible as quickly as possible 50 games in okay. 90 minutes some were really a flash in the pan some were teasers some had some actual gameplay they jumped around a lot and they they kind of played to a lot of their big hits again a lot of them were just teasers for example halo they showed halo infinite cool mm-hmm. what does it mean Nothing about the Who actual knows, game. but they showed Master Chief's helmet, and that was enough to get me hyped. Exactly, they're kind of relying on that for some things, but on other ones, they actually kind of went a little bit more in depth. So, one that I'm going to jump to because I'm a huge fan of the series for my 16th birthday the first M-rated game I was ever given because it came out that same week was Devil May Cry 1. Mm. And so I kind of have that kind of special attachment to that series. So when Devil May Cry 5 shows up, I was super excited. It made me really happy. They've got that really cocky attitude, fun feel to it that's partially ridiculous. It kind of makes me shake my head like you are being such children, but at the same time, you love it because of the power fantasy of it and doesn't take itself too seriously. I love that the, the director came out and actually like showed his excitement for it. Um, it'll be really cool to see how they continue that storyline. It looks going to be fast, tight gameplay with lots of ridiculous monsters. It looks like there's going to be a lot more happening on the screen in terms of just raw effects. But again, uh, we'll need to see more for that. Some other kind of quick flash in the pans that really wowed me. One would be We Happy
1: Few. Oh, We Happy Few. I have been. Looking, or, well, just looking out for this game for, I think, the past two years. I remember back when it was just in pre-Alpha they or something. They showed it
0: very r- very briefly. Not at this PAX, but PAX East a year ago. Yeah. Um, And it had a line. So the fact that I was like, oh, wait, it's not out yet? But I, I they actually showed a trailer of a little more of the story stuff. It looked really nifty. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Mm-hmm. Anything from From Software is
1: immediately going to get, like, a, a reaction from a very large part of what from a very dedicated fan base you know anyone that's picked up a dark souls game and didn't get the you know crap knocked out of them enough to put it down loves (laughs) from saw they can they have a group that they can rely on when it comes to new games. And uh, I gotta say, Sekiro looks like it could be something akin to Dark Souls, but with a bit more spice, a bit more of that flavor, you know? Well, like let's, let's be honest. Let's go back to Bloodborne.
0: Bloodborne is essentially Dark Souls, but if you talk to a Dark Souls fan, they say, hell no, it's a wildly different game. Mm-hmm. From the outside, you are a dude, you're going to get beat up a lot trying to figure things out, and then you'll eventually win through just attrition. But there are enough differences. And it looks like that same way there. Um, yeah going back really quickly to the we happy few that was actually a part of microsoft that i was really happy with their conference because during that section they actually spent some time talking about how they had acquired smaller organizations and are working with the smaller teams as smaller teams to make games so they did a shout out to undead labs which they didn't show at this conference it came out it has two million people that have already played and bought the game so they were just kind of saying that they said that compulsion games was now owned by them ninja theory ninja theory ninja theory was purchased by them which that really kind of got people because they are really well known for cinema hellblade Mm -hmm. so we'll see where that one goes uh metro exodus boy oh boy i have so i played the first two metro games i'm funny with series because i don't want to jump into them whole handedly and like get sucked in until i play the game so it looks really cool i like the fact that it's gonna be coming it is a nuclear apocalypse set scenario, but it's coming not from an American perspective, which I appreciate. A Russian perspective. Yeah, which I want to get involved in that world. It looks very pretty. It looks like it's got a lot to it. Moving quickly, speaking of apocalypses, we did have um, another kind of the first reveal of Fallout 76.
1: A mm-hmm. little bit more
0: here, but again, we're going to save that for the next conference. Oh, they did show The Division, but again, we're going to save that for the next conference. <laughs> uh, Dying Light 2 i missed dying light one so when i saw this game and i saw how they went into detail about how
1: your choices are going to create dramatic effects that got me immediately dying light one was i think the selling point of that game was not only you're killing zombies because that game came out during a time where every game had zombies in it you know this game was you can not only kill zombies but you can kill zombies by you know jumping on their face and then doing a flip off of it. You can just parkour mm-hmm. and kill zombies and run off and skedaddle and do whatever. And the fact that they are, you know, that game didn't have an extremely strong story. All the storytelling was in that game was actually done over a walkie-talkie. This looks like they it's are dripping. really really trying to get players to think about one choices that you never had in the first game. Right. But they're still keeping with that core gameplay where you can just move around real quick around this massive cityscape packed the brim with zombies Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: let me see was there anything i mean again there was so much there um they you know they showed off ori and the will of the wisps they showed off the um captain spirit by the life is strange folks don't nod um they showed off tunic a lot of really good shout out to a lot of indie games happened like literally they showed about five seconds of gameplay over and over and over again they were going for just excess. They are saying, hey, look, we are the place where you can go for everything. They did a small shout-out to Game Pass. Um, mm, Game Pass, yeah. So they, they were definitely trying to say, hey, look, we're here for it. We're, we're going to kind of everything. We're going to try to cover everything, which worked for them, honestly. But as we'll see when we talk about other conferences, because of that, nothing really stood out by the end of it when you had other conferences that really focused in they had gears 5 but i can't really name anything else oh okay so the gears 5 thing actually i love the gears of war series when I, I used to i played that religiously for a little while however they it was kind of watered down they tried this thing where they did the gears pop which i would just kind of shook my head at where they kind of have this a, a chibi version of the game using funko pop oh and I they know, showed I know gears funko tactics Box, yeah. i like tactics games like xcom that'll be really cool And then they went into Gears 5. But by that point, there were so many games shown, I had fatigue. Yeah. Um, Oh, and of course, the one thing that we almost forgot, and Adam would have killed one of us if we didn't mention it, was the final trailer they showed with no actual gameplay. The gameplay is starting to leak from press people on the show floor have been able to actually play the game or see gameplay in action cyberpunk 2077
1: oh cyberpunk my god stylish as hell Mm -hmm. the next uh title new ip and they've been
0: working on it for a while oh yeah
1: i i mean anyone that's a fan of storytelling immersive rpgs you you can bet your top dollar that this is going to be something that you can't miss out on right
0: And again, want to talk about it more, but we only got a trailer. The trailer was incredibly flashy. Go look it up on Google right now. It's worth the time because it'll be something that looks iconic and very different from other cyberpunk games that have come out before. Mm -hmm. But we'll have to keep our eye on it for the future. Next
1: conference, and probably the one that you're most excited for, Bethesda. Oh my God. So I'm a Fallout fan until I am cold and dead in the ground. And Fallout 76... Well, I wrote the uh, that little article about the hype cycle and how I was quickly no longer excited for Fallout 76 after the rumors from, was it Polygon or Kotaku? I you can't have, remember which one, but
0: yeah, pretty much it was they had everyone hyped up waiting, watching a bobblehead, waiting for the oh, trailer. Yeah. trailer comes out, then the, then it comes out that it's going to be an online survival game. Mm-hmm. And then
1: people either got really
0: rage raged out on it or they were really excited
1: yeah and i i mean my favorite fallout game is fallout new vegas just because it is such a fantastic rpg in its world building elements in the choices that you can make throughout that game that just make it splinter out into all these different paths that uh, culminate in this fantastic ending fallout 76 is it's not going to be anything like that that's that's the pure and simple truth And I've kind of come to terms with that. It's not going to be a great Fallout game in my definition, but from what it looks like so far, a game set in the Fallout universe where you can patrol around the wasteland with your friends in fully suited power armor, which is what Fallout 4 did right. They got their power armor damn right. You feel like you're in a moving tank. I know people are really concerned about the Fallout kind of mythos or
0: otherwise changing, you have to remember when I played Fallout. I played on Fallout One on mm-hmm. CD-ROM, and that was top-down, dark isometric, comedy, you know, almost Baldur's Gate style gameplay. So yeah. it's already, it already changed for me a lot. Mm-hmm. The fact that this is going to be different doesn't, you know, doesn't bother me as much. However, I'm not as big a diehard Fallout fan because I remember how it was in the first two, where it wasn't a power fantasy like it is now. It was survival and dark, 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 dark comedy. The one thing that kind of threw me off, and actually, I'm, I'm going to actually kind of fight you on this a little bit. Um, when they talked about how, you know, there will be some co-op, but you also can fight other people in, in those fields. Yeah. And you can do that by dropping nukes on people.
1: Yeah. that, that That's going to have a lot of people that love the idea and other people that are going to hate the idea. That's something that I think is, you know, there's people out there that are just like, yeah, I'm going to drop a nuke on these nerds. Or there's other people that are like, what? So as soon as I spawn into the game, I'm going to get sniped Last by time. some guy named your mom.
0: You know, we'll see where it goes. Um, again, we didn't see a lot of actual gameplay, so we'll have to hold out on that one. I know they, they did a lot of um, quick reveals. Now, I know we're going to talk about some of the series you want. I was really actually the most excited about that they were going to do a new IP, which was Starfield, again, only six seconds, saying it's going to be Starfield 2019. Mm-hmm. They did the 11-second teaser for Elder Scrolls Six, which got a standing ovation, which shows you the incredible hype that this company has,
1: which is ridiculous, um, for better or worse. I mean, take it as you will. Bethesda even made a joke about how many times that they've re- re-released Skyrim. Yes, the Keegan-Michael
0: Key very special <laughs> edition of Skyrim. I, I show my wife that because she loves that comedian and she was she was laughing so hard she said she'd play it if they came out with it so if they
1: actually make that a real thing oh it is a real thing yeah if you get if you have an amazon echo you can play the very special edition really of Sky. It it's actual? a real thing yeah no i'm dead serious uh-huh. i have a friend back home that is playing it yeah okay yeah <laughs> stop giving me that side eye i'm not lying okay. to you. Okay, let me see. I was also really
0: happy that Fallout Shelter was coming out because it was a really cool free game. The fact mm-hmm. that they're doing a Skyrim Blades. Sorry, Elder Scrolls Blades. Elder Scrolls Blades,
1: Blades which it looks like... I mean, it doesn't look like a current-gen console game. It looks like something from maybe the early, you know, PS3, 360 days, late PS2 era. But it looks fantastic for something yeah. that you can play on your phone. And you it, can shows you the, it shows you the
0: dedication that these guys have that they... They said they've been working on it for a while on the side, mm-hmm. and that makes me really happy. Um, and it's free! And it's free! It's free! My god! Other two, they did talk about Prey a little bit, which, again, I have to play the first game before I get sucked in. It seems like a really cool world. I have to, I just don't have an opinion yet. Mm-hmm. Wolfenstein, when the Machine Games guys came out, and they were just really happy to say that we want to spread the word of shooting Nazis and killing Nazis onto every console, bringing it to the Switch, that I got a massive laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like what they're doing with the new
1: New version of it where you're playing as the twin daughters, the twin daughters of Bj Blazkowicz. So <laughs> this is hopping in the hopping pretty far in the future and 1980 Oktoberfest yeah. Paris. Yeah, and while I did love uh, their their iteration of Bj, you know, this humanized man that it wasn't just a straight-on Nazi killing machine, but someone that had a had a pass so it'll be really cool i mean i think that was a really
0: good push for them to put it into a different setting aged up a little bit made it a co-op version of wolfenstein and again female protagonist which is really funny because if you look at Bethesda, they have a very most of their games are first or third person shooter hyper masculine guys kind of you know shooting their way through things and the fact that they kind of they found a way to keep one of the original ips and shift it so there's so where in a way that it makes sense well done Mm -hmm. really well done speaking of hyper masculine like balls to the wall sort of game the last one ah or the first one they showed really oh well rage 2 oh i forgot
1: about rage 2 how could you forget about rage
0: 2 again i never played the first one the second one looks really cool
1: i need to see it in my hand it definitely definitely looks more fun than rage 1 the one i was talking about of course was doom eternal ah Doom guy is back but he's on earth and so is hell. My yeah. god. The 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 visual they showed was great. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I I mean they obviously they showed no gameplay. It was just a, you know, a short 15 second trailer. But it's going to be the same Doom da- Doom gameplay from uh, Doom 2016. Mm-hmm. Fast-paced, blowing that shotgun right in demon's faces. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> I think that's all needs to be said about it. Yeah. I mean, besides, it looks like they've got a really great lineup. They're going to keep pushing it, and there's going to be a lot of reveals for them in the next few months. Now we you know, we do have to keep moving, so I think we have to go on to probably what was the weakest conference. I I hate saying like a lot of people where they keep score like this this conference won or lost, but everyone had a way of being bombastic in their own right. Square Enix just wasn't bombastic in any way. They they showed off a really good Tomb Raider, which was shown off in a few different conferences. It looks like a really good game. I love playing the original remake of Tomb Raider.
1: So uh, yeah. I, I played that on both my PS4 and my computer. Great both times. Yeah, the
0: stealth gameplay looks amazing, but again, it just wasn't played up. They only showed off two new kind of IPs that were surprises in any way which was Babylon's Fall, which looks like really cool. Actually, the way they showed up the timeline in consecutive order, then they had that one quick cutscene of a guy ripping off an arm with what looked like his hair or magic coming out of his head. Looked really cool, but again, no gameplay, no idea. Same thing with The Quiet Man, which looks like it'll either be really cool or they're just going with an edgy name and it's going to fall flat. Like, I I don't really know what to make of it. Um, Going super quick... Octopath Traveler, Nintendo covered it a little bit too. It was mostly kind of stuff we already knew, but that is a
1: game I'm truly excited for. And of course, the big one, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, new Kingdom Hearts three trailer. We have been waiting for that game for I think, geez, Kingdom Hearts two came out in two thousand six, so yeah. uh, three is going to come out thirteen years later. So a whopping thirteen years. To be
0: fair, in the last few years, we have had you know Final Fantasy fifteen. We've had Shadow of the Colossus and The Last Guardian come out, so there have been some kind of big revivals. But the thing about Kingdom Hearts is that it's been, like, teased and hinted and kind of they've pulled out the last one. They've kept, like, remaking two over and over
1: and over and over. I mean, there is, you know, 1.5 plus 2.5 HD. There's so many versions of Kingdom Hearts. So for me, I needed something
0: to really wow me, to really take my socks off. And it was like, oh, hey, it's back in college, me playing Kingdom Hearts again. And actually, it was funny, because they showed it in Microsoft, and part of the sound cue cutout, like, they tried layering on one of, which made some of the kind of epic-looking battles look really, they they fell flat without that sound cue. Um, The trailer they showed for this part was better, but again, it's one of those things where I'm not a diehard fan, and they're not doing a lot to make me want to play the game unless I'm a diehard fan. Like, they showed off some storyline from the original characters, and I still vaguely remember a few of them. But I haven't Luckily. kept up on the lore. I still haven't kept up on the lore. So yeah. for me, and I think this is something that Kingdom Hearts is really going to have to think about in the next year, how are they going to pull
1: in new players or players that have jumped away? Well, I think that's where Disney steps in, really. With them introducing a oh, Frozen World, Monsters, Inc., uh, Tangled, Toy Story. They have all these uh, new worlds that really... Uh, means something to a younger generation of players. And I remember when I pr- first played Kingdom Hearts 1, it was when I was a kid. Right. And I loved Disney movies, and that's part of what hooked me into it. It was just the way they shot the trailers. It, it was it was pretty much... They, they just, it
0: was a cold open, essentially. Yeah. They jumped in and they said, Hey, here's Frozen. Here's here's Breckett Ralph. Here's, but they didn't really give you any feeling for the stakes. So unless I knew the storyline from 12 years ago, oh, yeah. I had no way to pull me in. So they have to fix that. Mm-hmm. We should talk for about 10 seconds, about the joke conferences. Um, Devolver Digital is infamous for the joke kind of parody satire that they made angrily um, a year or two ago. Um, they, they tried pulling it off again this year. I heard people on Twitter talking about it in a way that I think makes the most sense, which is you have to imagine it as a parody political sketch from Saturday Night Live about political figures. Like It's not trying to do anything serious. It's mm-hmm. just doing it however there was another joe conference this year and i think it did better
1: oh it did much better
0: (laughs) it did a lot better that's all i'm gonna say again sprites and dice we cover a lot of indie games and we like tiny build because they cover some really weird really zany games that can be a lot of fun um you know streets of rogue mr shifty um hello neighbor all these sort of really weird graveyard keepers coming out soon and what they did is they did a rock musical press conference for about eight and a half minutes it was eight and a half minutes long seven minutes seven and a half minutes was the actual kind of rock opera joking where they were talking about releasing a game for ea for sorry for e3 and trying to get it ready in time and then it kind of did a go watch it just go watch it it's it's funny it's a joke especially if you like musicals or those sort of joking
1: episodes on buffy things like that they poke they poke fun at fortnite and the current game industry and And they did it right yeah they did it well it It wasn't too long and then they
0: did show off a minute of their new game secret neighbor which go see the trailer um it's based off of this game hello neighbor where essentially you're trying to break into your neighbor's house because he looks like a creepy guy you're trying to figure him out and he's it's slightly horrific mm-hmm. in its way of trying to play, but in this one, one of you is actually the neighbor. So,
1: It's an interesting game of cat and mouse. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Moving on. That was nice and quick. Uh, Ubisoft. Now, Ubisoft had some heavy hitters if they really wanted to go in for,
1: Beyond Good and Evil, which brought down the house last year. Oh, Yeah. I remember seeing Beyond Good and Evil 2 for the first time last year and I I didn't even know what Beyond Good and Evil was. I'm the youngest person here. Beyond Mm. Good and Evil 1 came out in 2003 when I was only eight years old so I had no idea what it was when it came out. But Beyond Good and Evil 2 looks absolutely fantastic. This massive open world. It's insane, the absolute scale of this game and I watched a bit more of the gameplay of it or at least the devs talking about the gameplay and there'll be, you know, this clean uh, transition between fights mm-hmm. on the ground and fights in space. You know, fights in midair on traffic in this bustling cityscape. They're going Can't all we... in. Is either going to really boom or really bust. That's yeah. all I have to say. It's, oh, it's one yeah. of these kind
0: of... Whenever you resurrect a game that old, it's going to be boom or bust. And again, we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts has kind of lost its momentum. Beyond Good and Evil is keeping it. Uh, Division 2. Now, this one in the Microsoft... They kind of try doing a scripted mission. A lot
1: of people really don't like it when they try doing scripted, fake, teammate banter. Yeah, I mean, I tell you, when they talk to each other, it's like a a robot. It's like talking, it's like having two, like, Cortanas, (laughs) you know, just facing them next to each other and having them, you know, try and communicate. So the Ubisoft one
0: shied away from that, and they actually showed um, a little bit more gameplay. They talked about the gameplay, talked about the endgame, a little bit more about the plot, it's seven months after essentially what happened in the first game, but you're in Washington, D.C. It's summer, so it has a very different atmosphere. It looks really cool. Um, honestly, Division was a sleeper hit for me. I really loved it. One of, some of my favorite articles I've written came out of that because of the Dark Zone and how you could be a complete jerk in that game. So I'm really excited to see where they go with from that. I'll be on that game. Mario and Rabbids is getting a expansion that the people on the ground that have played it have said is going to be super tricky, really in-depth. In and I really like the presentation where they brought out up and they composed... Live to the gameplay being shown in the background with Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, yeah, really, really well done. Um, Starlink. Starlink is trying to be the new Skylanders in some ways. Yeah, you can build your spaceship, plug it into your controller, and boom, it's in the game now. But now, but it looks a lot more seamless the way that they're shooting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I miss Star Fox style gameplay, which. That was the big reveal Yeah, where suddenly they they kind of cut away and they show Star Fox. And again, just like last year, Miyamoto shows up in the crowd and goes, Hey, I'm glad someone's taking my, my IPs and is playing with them. And I'm really happy that Ubisoft has this kind of connection with Miyamoto. Finally, the very last thing that, again, people are going to be talking about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which... Um, people made jokes that pretty much since Bioware has given up on Mass Effect and isn't using things like same-sex romance options and dialogue choices and stuff like that. That Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed have been like, "Oh, hey, uh, you guys aren't using that. I'm just gonna, just a gonna sneak in here gonna and take attack. that." And like so, an Assassin. <laughs> so, so that looks really cool. Okay, we're going nice and quick now, which is awesome. Um, PC gaming, PC gaming as a actual um, conference. It was two hours long. I, I feel for the guy, Sean, who runs it. He's, he's seamless. There, there wasn't any big names that had... A, like, they had no Blizzard showing something off. No they? Mountain Blade. No, for you. For me, um, yeah. I mean, so they didn't have any... like They didn't have, like, a Warhammer title. They had a lot of indie games or game companies that wanted to show off. I really like the idea of Two Points Hospital. It had a lot of really fun humor to it. I like simulation games. I The jokes about the, the monobrow virus... Where the monobrow can actually—is it infestation? Where people come in trying to have you fix their monobrow, but the monobrow can actually <laughs> jump off and start breeding, and they run around like inchworms. You have to stop them from infecting uh, your entire hospital. I need to rewatch this conference. They look really good. Ublutz, um, which actually got a lot of press last year, which is a cross between like stardew valley and harvest moon mixed with pokemon a little bit it looks a little bit yeah it's
1: really cutesy really like colorful doesn't seem like anything you gotta take too seriously exactly and then the one that kind of threw me out of left field that i thought was fantastic that i can remember
0: man eater which is a game that is a first person or first shark action mmo open world where you are a man-eating shark off the southern coast of america eating people and there is actually a shark skill tree and you will level up all that needs to be said i will follow this now and find out more but just look go through the pc game um if you go to the pc gamer youtube page they actually have a hyperlink for each individual game in the descriptions you can kind of just jump through them um they talk about warframe which is why a lot of people were there there was a lot of really nifty stuff, but they kind of nothing that really jumped out as the oh wow factor, yeah. But not in a way like Square Enix, where it fell flat. It was just like, oh hey, here's a bunch of games, we're happy, yay! Move yeah, on. Speaking Sony, of moving on.
1: What a! I mean, certainly the more, the most they called it the Sony experience. And for people that were there, I think it really was an experience. They started in what was a church with a guy playing. On a banjo, the entirety of the... Was it not a banjo? Was it a mandolin? Mandolin banjos are very similar. (laughs) Well, he was playing the entirety of The Last of Us theme song. And, I mean, you know, anyone that's played The Last of Us, as soon as we heard those first few notes, we knew what was coming. And that trailer and the gameplay that followed, stunning. For me, as
0: someone who likes showmanship, the transition... The transition from him finishing the song, the trailer going up, and showing it from Ellie's perspective, shifting back, and you could see the same hanging lights that were in the crowd oh, of yeah. that church. And the fact that they were positioning them there. That was a phenomenal idea and concept that Sony was trying to pull. The trailer, the transition between the the romantic moment, it was very soft. People have been calling it the best kiss in gaming. Partially, you know, because there was a lot of um lgbtq that are really just excited and happy about right in that time, kiss right happening. on time
1: for pride month
0: right on time for pride month and there's a lot of people who are just talking about it in terms of the way the kiss looked and felt real like it looked really tender the transition again from that to the raw violence and then back to the kiss really well done really great way to kind of play with people's perspectives really ground people mm-hmm. in that there were some games that were missing They were trying to focus on just a few games, and each game actually showed gameplay, or it showed how the game would play in some way, shape, or form, which was really, really nifty. I think this is where it kind of failed a little bit because they had a 10 minute intermission where they kind of grabbed people, shuffled them out of the church, and into the actual
1: conference area yeah it was it was a walkthrough for that for that one segment so again for people that were there that was probably fantastic because if you watch any of their post show they showed the area that these that the uh, attendees actually walked through and it was all just designed to represent you know the rest of the games coming out set pieces uh, that went along with the last of us 2 and then after uh after that little walkthrough they sat down and they had another musical number they did have a little musical which, number. Which
0: was a you know Japanese flute, which didn't get as many people riled up as, of course, Last of Us mm-hmm. theme song. But this was for the Ghost of Tsushima, which the gameplay looks nuts. Again, very much realistic, because this is the Mongol invasion. So unlike Sekiro, Shadows, uh, Shadows Die Twice, this game is much more set in historical setting. You have to be the assassin, someone of honor. Yeah. You fight one of your friends during the during that scene it looks really intense it
1: was astounding how during that short you know gameplay trailer gameplay that they were able to actually build a small story in that and get you know their viewers i mean or at least me gripped yes absolutely and i agree with that and about
0: gripping the way they shot the next major game we're going to talk about and the
1: fake out of it
0: you know which one I'm talking about. Oh, I know. Where you're no, the you rat. Go, you okay. go
1: ahead and say it. I. Uh, you're the fan here. <laughs> I, I never expected in
0: my life to be the Resident Evil fan, but I think part of it is that I have memories of well, being scared. My Daylight in the first original game, but I remember sitting down with Resident Evil 3, sitting down with my uh, best friend Nella, in high school, for Resident Evil Three, and she would she was too scared to touch the controller, so I was the I was the hands, I was the directional, and it was her with a notepad keeping track of all the puzzles and yelling at me like shoot them faster, like that sort of gameplay, and it was it was fun. So we've always whenever another one comes out, she comes over, we hang out, we play one of these horror games. I never played two, I missed that one, but I have many friends that say that two was the best one. Uh, Antonella says two was the best one, and when they sh- they shifted from the rodent kind of trying to run away and it seemed like it was going to be like this weird VR game and then the rodent falling on the ground getting crushed and then you see the iconic kind of Capcom feel where it zooms in on the zombie's face and Mm -hmm. you realize that it's a zombie because that's that's what they did when the first trailer came out for the first game and then Leon Leon Kennedy. Leon Kennedy, action hero. Oh yeah. (laughs) On like 4, this is his first day on the force. What do I have to say about that? There's people are going to be flipping out this game is gonna sell well and i hope it does well i hope they
1: re-envision it now there yeah there there's a question in the air it's a remake so how are they going to remake it is it going to be akin to re7 or is it going to be something else and I think that's gonna, what we gotta ask i well they actually sh- they, you could actually play
0: the game on the show for i heard i haven't looked into it that much like they they showed fans where they could actually get into a, a wrecked raccoon city police vehicle and there was like photo ops with it yep. um yeah, that's which sick. looks really that's cool. sick. <laughs> but when they redid the original Resident Evil onto the GameCube, they actually remade half of the mansion. They added in the the red zombies, the ones that you know got more skeletal to Actually, mm-hmm. light them on fire to kill them after they went down. The crimson head zombies. That's it. I think there was going to be more like that, where they will remake the game, but they're going to keep it effectively the same. But they really keep the core.
1: Keep yeah. the core,
0: but they're going to rip out the seats and replace them with something better. Yeah. Again, we're we just have to. We're going as quickly as we can, guys. Hideo Kojima. Death Stranding. Yeah. And to keep it quick, I'm just going to say Death Stranding like
1: three or four times
0: because. I mean, who knows, Death really?
1: Death Stranding. Hideo Kojima is still throwing us for a wild ride, you know. We I, I don't know what's happening.
0: From what I could tell from part of the dialogue, it has almost like. There's, there's a Doctor Who esque part where these guys can pull you back in time, where they can pull, pull you forward in time and force you to kind of relive parts of your life or otherwise, which maybe. There's, there's there's a theory that I have, and again, this is me not jumping into lore that much, but have Norman Reedus, the main character, actually the, the kind of the baby he's carrying in that artificial womb is actually him from a different timeline. Like, I'm almost expecting that in some way, shape, or form. Again, it's going to be a Heijima Kojima game. So either you're going to really like the game or you're really not going to. I'm just happy Kojima exists because oh, even yeah. if I don't like a lot of his games... I am so happy. It's like Quentin Tarantino. It's someone who has a very iconic voice, so when you start watching a movie of Tarantino, you know it's a Tarantino movie. That's the same
1: thing with Kojima with a game. No one makes a game like Hideo Kojima. No one talks about games like Hideo Kojima. So we can just leave it there, honestly. Wait, I got one more thing. Okay. I remember in an interview, and this was like right after Death Stranding was, well, the name of it dropped, you know. I remember Kojima talked about how the game would focus around you know the strands that connect people and I the more and more that comes out about this game you know and all the umbilical cord uh, imagery, imagery yeah. that is coming out the, the uh, monsters that are essentially these scattered humanoids that are attached by umbilical cords to the sky it's uh, all also like slowly, dementors, but yeah. creepier. Yeah, it's all slowly becoming more clear. Like there is something there that relates these two ideas, but it's it's, it's a tether gray in the to, middle. It's a tether to death, a tether to
0: time, a tether to fate, something like that. That either he's trying to break away from or just ignore. We'll see. We'll where have it goes. to wait until the game comes out to figure out probably. Finally, um, we are already over time in the raw recording of this, but to summarize to the very last conference, Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo. So Nintendo, somehow even though they still do a video-only conference, manages to get people hyped. Um, of course, they talked about Oh, let's go Pikachu, which everyone was expecting. Mm-hmm. They One thing I will mention, they did not cover a lot of games that people were excited about. No Metroid Prime. No
1: Metroid Prime, no, no Animal Crossing. No
0: Animal Crossing, and no
1: classic Pokemon games. They know We know one is coming in 2019, but they didn't even talk about it. And they still haven't even, they, they they haven't dropped anything about an Animal Crossing game, which I've just been obsessing about. A Switch, the Switch needs an Animal Crossing game. The two would go hand in hand. So this was a forty-four, forty-five minute
0: conference, and the first seventeen minutes was this like a uh, machine gun fire of a lot of small indie games mm-hmm. showing things off. They showed off a little bit of Fire Emblem, which looks like a really cool revisioning of that series. A lot of stuff with no gameplay, basically. Yeah, a lot of it was no gameplay, or it was hints of the gameplay. But again, this is more of uh, this is a lot of teaser trailers. Um, the one that I think got a lot of people was again the Let's Go Pikachu. If you hadn't seen it, the or the last time they did an announcement um, with the Pokeball. Again, Pokemon Go still has a big following, that connection to kind of bring... You want to talk about trying to bring new fans into the fold? Pokemon knows how to do it. Oh, yeah. Over and over again.
1: And they're um, not they're
0: not alienating their core audience nope. with that either. Nope. Then the other one is Mario Party, which I wasn't expecting to be excited about a new Mario Party. However, when they showed how you could take two Switches
1: and connect them... Blow blew my mind. I, I swear, even with, like, Nintendo always finds a way to take this new and exciting technology that they bring to the table and then somehow innovate even further with it. Mm-hmm. It's insane what they do with the tools that they make themselves. And, of course, the last 25 minutes was about
0: one of the most hyped games in the last decade. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and what I loved was that I was trying to take notes, right, so I could write articles. And when they, when they, when they were announcing, like, "Hey, we're well, gonna put up, we're gonna put up a name of a character, and we're gonna put up the the number that they came out and <laughs> you see did if not keep track." So I, I start writing down one Mario, Kirby, eleven Captain Falcon. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to keep it in chronological order. And they start speeding up and speeding up. I'm like, "Wait a second, I'm getting a sneaking feeling like what? They're, they're messing with me. They're, and then when, they, and then when they kind of went." Everyone is here. And then characters I remember playing back in college that I loved. Wolf. In 08, yeah. Back in the Brawl days. Yeah. Um, Wolf. Pichu. Snake. Snake. Snake is back. All of that. Hell yes. Um, I love the fact... I, I love how they aren't just doing that, but they're doing the facial
1: reconstruction... Not facial reconstruction. Facial animations. Yeah, for facial all the characters. Animation. And I mean, you can't talk about the characters without talking about them dropping Ridley. Yeah. They teased... Fans, so much last, uh, not last, but with the last iteration with Smash, uh, of yep. Smash with Ridley. And now they're bringing him on as a full character. Fantastic. Way mean, to listen
0: to the community. You want to talk about showmanship? That was an amazing drop. I like the fact that how they're redoing all the characters to be a little bit more different. And then they also said that they're going to release Echo Fighters. So even though they have this line of like one through 65 new characters, they're going to have something called Echo Fighters, where if it's a character that is essentially the same with only a very small amount of variation, like one or two moves, it'll still have the same number, it'll just have like a little E next to it. So Daisy dropping as a Echo Fighter version of Princess Peach
1: was a huge, people loved that and idea. And the cool part about those characters is that, you, whereas, you know, in past games, you know, like Gandorf and Captain Falcon have been basically clones of each other. Well, now, these new Epsilon characters, these Echo Fighters, well, where their movesets will be more or less the same in how they uh, work, you know, they'll be performed differently. They have different animations, and that is astounding. The mm-hmm. fact they're actually, you know, they're they staying aware that these two characters are going to perform the same, same, but they're going to perform in different ways to get to those ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, we could talk again about Smash for a good 20 minutes,
0: but go look at the trailer of Smash for 25 minutes. Um, There's a lot there. We're going to see a lot more. The fact that it's coming out this year is phenomenal. I can't wait. Um, It's going to be a very expensive last few months because of Nintendo and some Mm -hmm. of these other games that are dropping. I'm just really excited there's a lot of really cool stuff that's coming out fortunately most of the games that they said are dropping right now during the event a lot of them are free or they're kind of teasers so i can save my wallet for the holiday season yep or into august to start saving <laughs> kind of the theme of overall e3 it seemed like a lot of companies went with just hit throw everything at the wall yeah and the other theme was a lot of companies saying hey we hear you as the gamer we are going to be more inclusive we're going to have more characters of diverse backgrounds. We're going to treat you, our players, better. And we'll see if if that's just showmanship or we'll see if they actually continue with that more than just a month or two. I'm really hopeful they will. I think it's a really exciting year for gaming. There's a lot of really good games that are coming out. When I first watched the first few trailers of the first few conferences, I'm like, oh, this is all shooters, all shooters. But as it went on, there, there's more than just the shooters that are out there. I'm Octopath Travel. The fact that there'll be a free demo dropping, I think, today or tomorrow, actually. I'm going to try that out because I love good JRPG. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I'm trying Fall, to think. Fallout Shelter came to uh, Switch. everything. Yep. Oh, um, Fortnite is on the Switch yesterday. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, that is insane that it came so fast. And it already has 2 million downloads. It has two million.
0: Yeah, God. Yeah. So yeah, I, you know what? I missed that Fortnite train. I don't want to jump on it because I'm already so late to it. But good on you if you've made it work. I guess. Last thoughts about the conference, or like the first
1: game that really stands out. I mean, I for me, it's still gonna be Fallout seventy six. I can't wait to see how they forward more Bethesda. How Bethesda pushes forward more with an online game set in one of their flagship universes i can't wait to see how they build more upon players interacting with each other how that will exactly work and i mean overall for this e3 i mean i'm blown away it's one of the better ones i've seen in the past few years now people will still be on the show floor for a few more
0: days playing things out we'll keep writing about and kind of thoughts as things settle and more trailers come out and more gameplay demos come out. Stay with us as we cover it. You can always follow us on Twitter at Sprites and Dice. You can go to www.spritesanddice.com to see all of our reviews, all of our editorials. We put our podcasts on there. But, of course, you can find these on, I believe, Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon. You can find the podcast anywhere if you have any time to support us just give us a listen follow us like us on facebook we'd love to hear from you and hear your comments about how we're doing with this and our articles besides that i hope you're enjoying the e3 drop of all the information it's a really exciting time we'll see how these big franchises do in a few months and we will keep talking you through it anything else no i think that sums it up about about right yeah well in that case as we all say here life is short so go have some fun gaming have a great night